Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics. It's Monday, June 12th. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the big political stories we're discussing today. The Liberals say they're ready to talk about next steps with the opposition following David Johnson's resignation. We're prepared to have those conversations very quickly. And frankly, it would be a lot easier if the three of opposition leaders agreed amongst themselves and made constructive suggestions. So that's very much our hope. Um, that's my invitation to them. The Prime Minister is back in Canada after a surprise trip to Ukraine, where he made a pledge to provide more aid and weapons. It is important for me to be here in person to show Canada's solidarity with Ukrainians as they continue their courageous fight for their democracy. And how are Canada's politicians taking a stand during Pride Month? I'll be joining with uh, all Canadians to celebrate the fact that uh, that gays and lesbians have the freedom in this country to live their lives and raise their families in peace, in safety, and in acceptance. And uh, I'll uh, let you know once my schedule is more clear on how we'll do that. Joining us is Rob Russo, political analyst and former CBC Parliamentary Bureau Chief. Good morning, Rob. How are you, Julie? Uh, I'm living the dream. Yeah, so... <laughs> We're still recovering from the gallery dinner. Well, yes, yes, that uh, that was that was an interesting uh, event. And Sundays are always hard the, the night yeah, after yeah. the gallery dinner. But uh, we we're all in a lower orbit. Yes, in a lower orbit. But good thing today's Monday. So um, now let's start with David Johnson, because uh, he has now gone as of Friday afternoon. And so now we're into the whole now what? So what do you think is going to happen? Well, uh, I think we're going to find out uh, in many ways uh, who's going to show some leadership. You know, I, I'm often stunned when people are elected to positions of leadership or appointed to positions of leadership, let's say in the media, and they don't take advantage of the authority and the power that they have to actually lead. Um, the, the, you know, the prime minister was taken on uh, as prime minister. He, he, he could have named someone to head up uh, an inquiry. He could have named a judge to head, a, uh, head up a judicial review. He left it in the hands of, of uh, David Johnson. And uh, he was supposed to meet an elevated standard, I think, if he wanted to get buy-in. And one of, one of the criteria for that ele elevated standard was to have the opposition uh, involved in the selection of whoever led that review. Well, he didn't uh, appoint somebody to lead a review or an inquiry, um, and he didn't consult the opposition. Uh, and so now, uh, apparently, he is he is going to do that. So we're going to find out uh, a little bit more about about whether or not uh, there, there's leadership there. We're going to find out whether or not the opposition can lead in a way. You know, opposite the opposition in, in a parliamentary system uh, has a, a fair amount of power, uh, particularly when there are minority governments. There is nothing stopping uh, the majority of, of, of the House of Commons from drafting legislation and passing legislation. They can do that, right? So now they've been given, uh, according to, to Dominic Leblanc, who, uh, who uh, picked up the pieces after the, the trash was kind of thrown out on, on Friday afternoon, he picked up the pieces over the weekend and said, yes, we are going to consult the opposition parties and let's see what they can do. Uh, so this will be a test of the responsibility of uh, Mr. Poilier, Mr. Singh and Mr. Blanchet to see what they can get together and do. Uh, what can they agree on? This is not a this is not a, a parliament that's agreed on very, very much. Can they agree on someone? Can anybody agree on someone? Does a, a rose-hued, gossamer-winged unicorn exist? Uh, that, 
or are, or are, or are they all uh, screening their calls to make sure that if uh, if uh, the call comes through that they're they're busy kind of winging their way around the globe rather than responding to this uh, uh, this appeal because God knows who would want it after what Mr. Johnston was uh, subjected to. Right. But it looks like Justin Trudeau is being dragged into having a public inquiry, kicking and screaming. It looks like nothing other than that will satisfy anybody. But why do you think he was so reluctant to have one? Well, when when he was asked about it at the beginning of the process, way way back in in February or March, he he made a startling admission. He said, you know, even if I did put forward a name right now, uh, I'm not sure people would take that that uh, that that um, appointment seriously, whether they would see it as credible, because he didn't think that he had a lot of credibility on the issue. That was a remarkable thing for a prime minister to to acknowledge. Um, but it was also, I think, um, an abdication of, of leadership as well. You are the prime minister. You command the will of the House. For now, you you have uh, an agreement with the NDP that gives you an effective majority. Uh, he he should have made this decision. He probably should. Yes, he should have consulted the opposition. He didn't necessarily need to take their dictation, but a consultation would have been a wise thing for him to do. Now they're doing it, and he may be in the position where he will be uh, given somebody who we might not necessarily agree with. Um, if if the opposition is wise they will get together and propose a single name. Uh, mm -hmm. I would be very, very surprised if they do that. Um, so we might be left with two or three people uh, doing the job. And if you listen to what Mr. Johnston said in his uh, rancorous and, and uh, bumptious kind of uh, um, appearance be before the, uh, the committee last, last Tuesday, um, he was suggesting that there, there might be two or three people that he would bring in to help him with this as well. So in, instead of a single unicorn, we, we may have a herd. Of a herd of unicorns, unicorns. and yeah. bumptious. I love the word bumptious. So on a Monday morning, that's a good word to use. But um, well, it was not a very it was not a very genteel appearance. No. And I think that that was the beginning of the, the real beginning of the end for Mr. Of Johnson. The, un of the unraveling. But just quickly yeah. and then we'll move on. But do you think I mean, some people are saying, you know, Justin Trudeau doesn't want to have the inquiry because five eyes will say, what are you doing, buddy? You know, if, if you reveal any secrets, you're out of here. Like, we don't want you on our team. Or is it as the opposition says, because he's trying to hide something? Does anyone really know why he doesn't want to have an inquiry? No, nobody knows. But I mean, you if you if you listen to a lot of the people who I, I respect, uh, somebody like Ward Elcock, former head of, of CSIS, uh, Wesley Work is another one. Um, uh, e even somebody like Fred Delory, who headed the conservative campaign in the last election in 2021, I, I'm I'm with them. There there is just so much you cannot review that a public inquiry, the way that we traditionally know of one, where where people are brought in front of the media, brought in front of everyone, and and spill, uh, that would be a very difficult thing to do, and, and I and probably counterproductive for our ability to find out what the Chinese are actually doing here and to collect that information. I mean, the reason we know what we do is because a lot of information is being surreptitiously collected. By, by CSIS, by CSE, by the RCMP. That's going to be conscribed. But, uh, you know, I, I really think one of the, the one of the great reviews was conducted by Justice Donald O'Connor and the Maharar affair. He did it very responsibly. So if you get a judge 
uh, with subpoena powers, who is really, really careful and responsible and knows what to do behind closed doors and what to do in public, I think that might work as well. A judicial review would probably work as well. Okay, so let's move on to the fact the Prime Minister, suddenly he appears on our TV screens. He's in Kiev and in Ukraine. He's gone there secretly. Obviously, as a former bureau chief, you know that this stuff is put together very secretly. Reporters aren't allowed to talk. And then suddenly he's there. Now, what did he accomplish there? What was accomplished? Okay. Uh, First of all, on the the way he gets there, I don't like the the word uh, surprise visit because it makes it sound like the media was surprised. Almost all of us were not surprised in the media. Even I knew, uh, and and I no longer uh, have have domain over what happens at at, at a big news organization. Even I had heard that something was happening. So it's, I, I prefer the term, it's an unannounced visit for security reasons. Um, and rather than a surprise visit, he didn't. He didn't surprise Zelensky when he turned up. Zelensky knew he was coming, uh, and and Zelensky knew he was coming, and and he got the the ovation that he got. And there were several standing ovations in the Ukrainian Parliament for the Prime Minister, for uh, for for very important reasons. First of all, uh, they don't forget in Ukraine that Canada was one of the first countries to recognize Ukraine's independence when it broke away from the old Soviet Union. I believe we were number number two in the lineup to recognize Ukraine's independence. Uh, they also know uh, in, in Ukraine that we have one of the largest Ukrainian diasporas in the world, uh, and it's a very influential um, uh, voting bloc in Canada as well. So they're sending a message um, when, when they get up and give the prime minister standing ovations. We hear you, we see you, and we thank you for what you're doing and please do more is 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 what that message is um so that's uh, that, you know those two elements that we were first in line among the first to recognize ukraine and that and that we have uh this large diaspora that's <clears throat> not forgotten when those people get out of their seats every time uh the prime minister speaks uh for standing ovation so what did he accomplish well i mean he start he's starting to try to lay the foundation for uh, uh, Ukraine's eventual accession into NATO. He is one of those countries, uh, leader of, uh, of those countries that is pushing. There is reluctance within NATO to, to have Ukraine come in now for several reasons, but he is trying to, li- to lay down the foundations. That's one of the things that, that he's doing. He's also politicking. Uh, I mean, the, the, prime, the prime minister, um, is aware of the uh, the Ukrainian voter and how important it is across the country. Uh, so so he's politicking. And yes, um, while he was out of the country or flying across the Pacific to get to Ukraine, he had some of his subordinates taken out the trash on Friday afternoon before he turned up as a star in Kiev. Right. So um, was it a coincidence? Perhaps. Perhaps it was a coincidence. But was the timing fortuitous for the prime minister? I have no doubt, no doubt that they announced the, the uh, Mr. Johnston's resignation at a time when the prime minister uh, wasn't going to be around to answer questions. I have no no doubt that that was calculated in advance. Yeah, some people said he'd rather be in a war zone than go to the press gallery dinner, right? But um, OK, let's move on uh, briefly, Rob. It's, it's a big subject. We don't have too, too much time left, but it's interesting because it's Pride Month. The prime minister, uh, you know, he never gets 
grilled about this because he's out there everywhere, raising the pride flag, going to speeches for the LGBTQ community. Um, but it's always a bit of an issue for a conservative leader. So Pierre Poilievre has been asked about uh, Pride Month. Are you going to be in a pride parade? Um, how does he kind of respond to all that? Well, he's a little bit more elusive so far in his response to, to these questions. Um, and, 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 let's, and let's be clear. Um, he's already on the record in his uh, support for the LGBTQ community. Um, he, uh, uh, you know, there's a member, there's a member of his family who's, who's come out, uh, and, and he's sensitive to that. He's, he told a very good story. Uh, I, I think a heartwarming story at, at, uh, at the, uh, convention that elected him as leader about that. Um, uh, but he is not, Pierre Poilievre is not for the pivot. He wants to be, uh, become prime minister as an unabashed conservative. And there's a segment of the population that tends to vote conservative, that feels threatened uh, by where uh, we're going as a society on equality of rights for the LGBTQ2 community. Uh, and that segment, let's say it's about 10% of the population, according to polls, they're organized, they are moneyed, they vote, and they tend to vote conservative. Um, so, you know, Poiliev, to become prime minister, he does have to add rather than subtract. And so far, it seems uh, because he wants to run as an unabashed conservative, he is trying to get uh, the segment of the vote that is very, very conservative that might have gone in some ways to, to, to the, uh, um, the, the People's Party of Canada. So even though he's already on the record about his support for the LGBTQ community, there are times when his, his kind of anti-woke um, uh, rhetoric can sound like he's um, opposed to the expansion of rights for minorities. Mm. Uh, there can be a conflation between mm. those two. Mm. Now, this, this is a guy who is a superb communicator. Um, he, he will have a narrow needle to, to thread on this issue, but I don't think he, he can avoid doing it. I think given what he said at the convention uh, and given uh, what he said on the record about his support for LGBTQ rights, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does march in a parade this this summer, um, but he's going to have to be careful about how he does it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, I remember 20 years ago covering Joe Clark in a convertible leading the Pride Parade in Calgary. I mean, but Joe Clark is a progressive conservative, right? Yeah. And and so you've got, um, you know, as you mentioned, there's a segment of conservatives that, that wouldn't like this. But Pierre Polyev has appointed Melissa Lantzman as his deputy leader. Uh, yep. she, you know, she's lesbian. Now, maybe she'll go on the parade. Who knows? But I mean, there's yeah. a lot of parades happening in the coming weeks, including a big one in Toronto. Uh, poor, An like I should say poor Andrew Shear, but remember, he'd get pummeled all the time. Are you going in a parade or not? And he wouldn't. And he got chewed yeah. up over that. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how yeah. he navigates this. But so so did the, the last conservative leader, Aaron O'Toole, chose to march in parades. And he, yeah. he didn't it didn't really. Uh, help him. It helped him with a segment of the population who believes that was the right thing to do. Um, but, you know, this is not an issue where conservatives can win on. It's an issue where they've got to defend. It's a shield issue rather than a sword issue, to, right. to use the parlance of, of Harper conservatives. Stephen Harper never marched in a nope. parade either. Nope. Um, so they're, they're not going to win a lot of votes, but they might, you know, mm -hmm. they might. And given uh, Mr. Poilievre's, uh, you know, personal stories, uh, and and his his ability to communicate, 
I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if he did end up uh, in a parade. Okay, well, we will watch to see what happens. And uh, lots to talk about in the coming days. And as you know, uh, the House is recessing pretty soon. So does that mean that we have to have to stop having these chats? Like, if well, I, I think, I'm going to turn up here every every Monday morning, what, uh, like, yeah. what do you think? I, I okay. think you or maybe, should... maybe we'll just do it at the Starbucks or at the bridge. No, no, exactly. On, on like, well, yeah, we're only a few blocks apart. Why don't we just meet That's on the right. street corner when you're walking the dog and we'll see yeah. the fat. Okay. And, and you can make fun of my legs again in my shorts <laughs> as you do all the time. Okay. All right. Okay. Have a great day. Bye, Rob. See you, Julie. That's Rob Russo, political analyst and former CBC Parliamentary Bureau Chief. The Right Honourable David Johnston uh, tendered his resignation as the Independent Special Rapporteur to the Prime Minister. Now let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators and editorialists are saying today. In the Globe and Mail, Andrew Coyne argues the David Johnson mess is Justin Trudeau's responsibility. He writes... It was the right decision for David Johnson to resign, but there will have to be a reckoning when this is all over, why he was appointed in the first place. Mr. Johnson himself never seemed to understand what he had walked into or why he should not have walked into it. But the prime minister and his people did. They appointed him not in spite of his unsuitability, but because of it. In the Toronto Star, Chantal Hébert argues climate plans will not be the deciding topic in the next federal election campaign. She writes, the recent Alberta election campaign took place against a backdrop of severe wildfires. In the end, the party least committed to climate change mitigation prevailed. The recently re-elected Ontario and Quebec governments did not secure their second consecutive victories based on strong environmental records. One way or another, the economy and the government's fiscal course will have more pride of place in the next campaign than in the three previous ones. Regardless of what the summer brings on the environmental front, expect the main battle lines between the parties when they return to Parliament in the fall to be drawn on the economic front. Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will be in private meetings and this evening, he will deliver remarks at the Filipino Heritage Month reception. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will be in private meetings and will attend question period. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will speak with reporters before taking part in question period. And Minister of Families Karina Gould will be in Montreal with Cap Finance to celebrate the launch of the Social Finance Fund. That's CPAC Today in Politics for Monday, June 12th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.